When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. G'day, Pittsburgh Steel fans. Welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell, joined as always by my co-host Mikey D, Mikey Davidson. How you doing, mate? You sound like you're a tour, you're a tour guide for like Australia. <laughs> g'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Steelers Touchdown Under. On your right over here is the Kangaroos. <laughs> if you don't like the Kangaroos, come check out the the Koala Bears too. Oh, if you're not a fan of the Koala Bears, check out the Wallabies. The Wallabies are great. And then some bogan Aussie yells over and goes. Koala bear? It's just a koala, you dumb hell. Oh, I was going to swear then. <laughs> oh, 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 pulled back from that one. Now, nah, mate, how are you? It's been an interesting you know week. What? It's rainy no, here. It's cold here. It's yuck here. You know what's funny, man? Fun. No one really cares about the wombat, do they? I like the wombat. Every, wombat everyone talks the wombat. about the kangaroos and the koala bears, and no one really talks about the wombat or the platypus. Well, you know, a fun fact about the so two fun facts. Uh, the wombat, do you know, back like two, three hundred years ago, they had wombats the size of hippos that were killing people, which is why like the indigenous and the uh English like banded together to kill them off. And then wow. the other one with the platypus is there's a the first platypus ever allowed outside of Australia Zoo is now at San Diego Zoo. And most people don't realize that the platypus has like um like a spike on its like paw that has like basically equivalent to venom in it and there's no cure for it around the world. It basically numbs you when you're in crippling pain for like two weeks. That's so good. Makes Australia even more dangerous. Come down to Australia. Like they always, you know, cute and cuddly animals know half these animals can rip your limbs off. It's great. Exactly. Exactly. Or put you in a hospital (laughs) in withering pain and and like common common science hasn't figured it out yet. Do you remember when James Harrison took took that brown to the, you know, the the fan, the tackle the fan to the, to the ground? Yeah, like Jed said, just picked him up. It's like that with a kangaroo or some animals here, and even Jed Devil says here too. Quokkas are cool. We talked about quokkas a few years ago on one of the shows. Um, quokkas are like the docile, like looking like 
don't know if they're like a, a, a rat or like a, I don't know what they are exactly, but they're they are like technically all, a rodent, I think. Yeah, like a rodent. They're always just happy, just chilling out there eating the leaves. But um, yeah, quokkas are They look a bit like a very happy, small <clears throat> capybara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Clappy yeah. <laughs> for it. <laughs> Make the butterflies <laughs> our next running back. <laughs> Yeah, well, right now we've got a few wombats to just slow and trudge along. So, <laughs> oh. oh, definitely, we should do that kind of show where like we should do. You know what? We Benny, should do that Benny next Snell. week. We should do an Australian show of like different <laughs> animals and characters. Benny Snell has down. to be a wombat. He's too slow in the backfield. Who? Like Benny Benny Snell is a wombat for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> well, speaking, that's a good segue into the offense. Um, last week, we talked about the odd men out on the defense. We sought to talk about the odd men out in general, but Mark and I, as everyone knows, loves our def- we love our defense. And mm. we got a little bit, uh, uh, let's say, energetic about that defense. But you guys love the content. You guys love talking about Pittsburgh Steelers. And so also... There's 90 players on the roster. It's pretty hard to cover everyone off into, you know, both in offense and defense in one show. We found it hard enough to get through like 50 people. Uh, but so this week we're going to be talking about the offense. Um, and so if you're on the audio side, you know, we're now going to crack into the, crack into the show. Um, but live chat, looking forward to everything you guys are going to throw in as per usual um, on YouTube and Facebook. As I think we always like to say, and so do our BTSC colleagues, you know, you guys make the show. Um, so throw in your thoughts and questions as always. But let's uh, let's crack into it, Mark. So if I sort the Steelers roster alphabetically, the first position that um, is brought up is the center position when you talk about offense. So there right. are three centers listed right now, um, mm. and they are Kendrick Green, J.C. Hassenhauer, and Chris Owens. Um, but I thought I would also bring up the offensive line, the guys listed as offensive line. Um, because there's guys like Mason Cole um, in there as well. So offensive line, you've got James Daniels, Mason Cole, Kevin Dotson, John LeGlue, Chooks for Trent Scott. Now, obviously, Chooks we're probably saying is a tackle, but I'm just going off what their position they're listed as. Um, so let's recap. Kendrick Green, JC House now, Chris Owens. And then if we think about the guys that would likely play center, you're probably talking about Mason Cole, and James Daniels potentially. Right. So we're doing we're doing the odd man out, aren't we? We're choosing yeah. the, who's, who's looking there? like they might not be there. Uh Chris Owens. See ya. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that dude is. Like a lot of these, a lot of these guys on the on the real back end, because how many people are in the offensive line, right? There are so many different uh you know people playing the position. I right. thought it was gonna be Cole. Cole would be there. I have heard Daniels being at center, but I've also heard that he's gonna stick there at right guard. Then you have the idea to will Kendrick Green play left guard and un, behind Dotson. I think the camp coming up, camp in a few weeks' time is going to be very interesting. And, and hopefully, I can pay attention to the offensive line and not get bored. But I'm telling you, because it's going to be very interesting there to see who will who will get the reps. Uh, number one, but if you're saying odd man out, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say it's um, Chris Owens because I just don't know who the guy is. And it's look look, look at the talent in front of him. There's so much talent. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I think with Hassenhow for me, like I'm not going to argue with that one. I think Hassenhow, it's it's more a practice squad thing. I, you know, if they're really serious about moving Kendrick Green to guard, I do see a lineup. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lineup, particularly like, particularly when you think about the role of a center with a quarterback, and particularly a rookie quarterback. Like it was, I think it was um, Matt Paredes that was there before. I think Mitch Morse is the center for 
um, Buffalo. But I remember them talking about bringing the center that Josh Allen started with over um, to help him out because it would help him with the snap count. It would take the pressure off him. And they said it made a massive difference to his development. I wouldn't be surprised. So which is why I wouldn't be surprised to see Dotson at guard, Green at guard, and Daniels at center to make life easier if Pickett is the Mm. starter or if Pickett comes in the first few weeks of the season if Trubisky gets injured. (laughs) To me, it makes more sense to put someone that's super experienced there that you know is going to do their job and so that, you know, Kenny Pickett isn't facing pressure down through that center position. I could see that. Yeah, well, you just you threw a spanner in the works there, depending who if, if Pickett starts or if Trubisky starts. So that's, a, that's another, <laughs> another like that's another whole we'll show. Really, yeah, yeah, we'll get there later in this one. Oh, yeah, like I don't know. Everyone's on Mason Cole. I, I wish him all the best. I know we spent money on him. I just if you actually go through what he's done, he's not like that much better than Kendrick Green. I'm just saying that, like. It's well, not. I think the, yeah, the narrative is now that Cole's going to start at center, Green's be pushed over to left guard. And then you have James Daniels starting at right. I don't really care where James Daniels starts. If we can just get five James Daniels, we'll be fine. Just to get everyone, you know, he's super excited to be a stealer. So, oh yeah, yeah he's a leader. Odd, odd man out, like odd man out. It's got to be the the, the undrafted free agent, but or rookie, whoever it is. But yeah, it's it's going to be this line is completely. Imagine, look at the line in the last three two years or whatever. It's so different. It's who's the only guy we know is Chooks, really. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now. If we look at, let's go a bit wider then, because the next pl- the next alphabetical player on the roster, because they make this really, really easy for shows like this, um, is technically fullback, but we'll, we'll talk about that one a little bit later on because we'll bracket that with tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got Nate Gilliam at guard, and then going back into those, you know, offensive linemen, you've got we talked about. So we talked about Mason Collins, James Daniels. So then we go Kevin Dotson, John LeGlue, um, I'm going to leave out a core four, but then Trent Scott. I mean, do you think do you think Luke can make this roster, or do you think he's just a practice squad guy again? Because obviously, Dots. It depends. Not. Depends how many numbers they need for the guard position, right? Yeah. How many numbers they need, and what they are going to this, this season with normally about nine offensive linemen. Is that correct? I think about I think nine. Correct. I'm just trying to. Yeah, most most yeah. seasons. I think Dave talks about it a bit. I think it's like normally nine. So you have the five starters. And you yeah, have and four, four backups. Four backups. So I would say, like, can Lagoo be one of those backups? Because they also, oh, even our tackle position, position too. Like they brought in Trent Scott, the big unit. But then, how many backups do you have behind that five? Well, and that's a good segue to bring up the the, the tackles because you got Jake Dixon, Dan Moore, and Jordan Tucker. I mean, Jordan Tucker out of North Carolina. Like I've, I've seen him play yeah. in North Carolina. But, I like the guy. Like he's a guy. I, if if I'm picking a flyer right now to make, you know, um, or a bolter, if you like, to make this squad out of there on the offensive line, out of guys that we haven't seen before, um, he's he's the guy, to be honest. Because I think when you're saying these positions are individual, like guard or tackle, I think, like, I know when I'm talking right now, I'm, I'm going into the whole offensive line because they can all play. They're all flexibility. So who's going to be behind the starting five? Who would Who would be the starting five? And I think like Kendrick Green or JC Hassenauer will be, you know, either back up to maybe Dotson and Cole, depending. And then do we have is there is there a camp battle between like LeGlue and someone else or Trent Scott or and then the other guys are just, just the other guys that are there to fill in? But I want to be surprised. I, I want someone just someone to come in and just take over. And if it's yeah, Unbrack or someone we don't know about, that, that's what that's what most most excites me. Someone who's gonna just go out there and work. 
Yeah, and, and the thing that I think, you know, I know there are a few people that have talked about um, <clears throat> different tackles, like, you know, your, I think this was Riley Reef and, um, you know, some of those guys, Eric Fisher and that. Like, but actually, he might have signed somewhere recently. I thought I saw that. I heard someone talking about that. Um, but there's also guys, I, I could see some decent, you know, there'll be some tackles around this league that get cut you know, as, as teams look at what they Big drafted, time. you know, mm-hmm. right. You take the Cowboys and they brought in um the Tulsa guy. Uh, oh, his name's, name's escaping me. His last name. Yeah. Tyler Smith, I think it is. Um, They brought him in. Like now they brought him in to start and they thought they could use him in, in, in an interior position, but if they've got poor play elsewhere on the tackle and the tackle part, they, they could cut a guy, for example. So you just don't know what's going to happen between now and, and the start of the season. But yeah, as I say, from my perspective, I'm looking at a bolter. Uh, I definitely think I'm interested to see what Jordan Tucker can do through the preseason. Um, but then obviously you've got a guy like, um, you know, Liglu that played a little bit last year. who You'd kind of expect to 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 make the practice squad at a minimum. Now, the thing we left out, though, was Joe Haig and Chaz Green, right? Because they're later in the alphabetical list at tackle. Um, Chaz Green we saw a little bit last year. Um, you know, in terms of the preseason, I think he started two of the three games in the preseason. I'm not the biggest fan. I don't think he brings a lot, so I can't see him making this roster for me. Um, Joe Haig, I can't see them cutting him, given he's probably the most experienced guy on the offensive line. He's from Tampa, um, right? He's from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was the Tampa guy, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, the thing for me, I think I might have spoken about on this podcast or War Room, but like, I see, you see him in photos or videos in Steelers training, and he just never looks like he wants to be there. <laughs> I'm like, if I was getting paid a couple of million a year to play for the Steelers, I'd he's be the, he's, like, the Jay, he's the Jay Cutler of uh, of guards. Yeah, Jay Cutler did not want to be on the field. He'd score a touchdown, and Jay Cutler would be just just depressed. He's like, mm, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't he's know. He's a weird cat. That guy, though. Like, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. So. How many starters do, throughout the year do you want to be at, do to you know uh, start every week? Like, do you want James Daniels to start every game? Do you want another player to start every single game? We know it won't be the same line for seventeen games. How many starters do you want to be the exact same in the exact same role every week? So I'm going to answer your question a little bit differently. I'm when I think a um, a successful season a season with limited injuries, injuries are always going to happen. Um, you know, even if they're a one week proposition, mm. a two week proposition, or they're a seven or eight or even a season proposition, hopefully not. I would expect, I think it would be a good um, goal objective, good mark, pass mark. If you like, if the Steelers had seven guys that, that started on the offensive line okay. across the five positions. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. So what you're saying is there could be injuries or someone gets someone gets demoted or whatever. Or you, or, or you give someone a break, you know, after the buy, or you've got someone that's <clears> like a 50-50 and you, you know, whatever. Because you also might have a situation with like where Kendrick Green was last year, where Hassenhauer started toward the end. Kendrick Green had the calf injury and they did, they had him there to play if he needed to step in, but they didn't want him to have to play. I'm going to answer my own question a bit differently, right? So I want this season, I want to see, I want to see 10 games 10 games or more with the same five, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to see the exact same five playing at least 10 games. Yeah, but, I agree. I, mean, yeah, I, so I agree with that. If we get into a situation where center doesn't work out and that chopping changes and, and they're not playing very well, 
uh, and or they change, or let's move this guy here. So that's the perfect off this the, the time now for the off season to work all these things out. But I know that James Daniels will be in there somewhere, Mason Cole will be in there somewhere, of course, Dotson and and uh who's the other but I always forget his name, Dan Dan Moore Jr. Dan Moore. I think I think the junior throws me off. Dan Moore's in there, right? So I don't want to see like week one, you have five, and then two weeks later it's a whole new, you know, yeah. new guys come in, right? There's got to be some cohesion there to build that forward through the season. And this, this, this is a crazy game when you think about it. Not a lot of people say, like, you know, Steelers got to go out and win a Super Bowl. But there's so many things to it when you really think about it. They're playing over 17 weeks. They've got to get everything together. The well, then there's also together. the luck of the draw. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's um pretty interesting. But, I mean, they, they, when you look at that spot overall and that guard and that tackle and, you know, center – it's quite confusing. Um, it's just, it's fine. I always find it funny on these lists and rosters. And when you come out through the draft that they're always listed at something different to what they're playing. Like they, so whoever lists these positions needs to just like standardize it. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. And this doesn't make do you, it very easy. Do you think the player, if the player is playing a certain position, if they're getting paid as a right guard or a right tackle, do you think they want, they want to go and play the other position or are they like in their mind set to that contract? Oh, that's a good question. I that's think a good question. Some, I think for some <laughs> players, yeah, they're definitely they're not versatile. But 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 every player will sit there and say they're versatile through the draft process because it, it boosts their valuation. You know, mm-hmm. like so. But yeah, I mean, some people adjust to it really well. Other people don't. Like I've been listening to. Um, I'm halfway through an interview that Bucky Brooks did with um, Thomas Davis, who was the linebacker partner for um, Luke yeah, Keekley. At the Panthers, yeah, he was yeah. good. He was really, he was real fun to watch. God, he was a good. He oh, mate, he's a legend, and 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 yeah. and yeah, everyone knows how much of a fan I am of Luke Keekley. And Luke Keekley has talked a lot about how Davis pushed him, and so Davis was saying, "Well, actually, Keekley pushed me." You know, so we were both just two dogs at the one bone, but so, they were able to share the bone, right? Yeah, but but mm-hmm. but Davis, and it was you know fairly early in my time. Like I, I wouldn't say I've watched a game that he played in college, but he was he was a safety for Georgia. And he was drafted to be a safety, to be a safety, like a 230, 40 pound safety, a bit like what Brian Erlacher was in that situation as well. But he was talking about the fact that they, they were back and Bucky Brooks and, and Thomas Davis were doing some back and forth on how, you know, because when he came to the league, he played linebacker and he was a bit, you know, a bit big, but that he said he could have shed a little bit of weight and, you know, been more focused on the tight end position, particularly with the way that he lined up in a 4 3 defense. But Bucky Brooks asked him, look, we just assume when we're evaluating college players that they're going to be able to switch positions. Like if there is, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that strong safety, but they could play in a deep safety role. It might be cornerback that can play slot corner. Like a slot corner is almost becoming its own different position, if you like yeah. now, right? So, um, and a lot of people in the draft process, both in the college game and the people that evaluate it in scouting will tell you that, that that's very much the case. So you kind of, and even slot wide receiver to an extent, um, so you're sign of now seeing this evolve, but we all just assume, oh yeah, that guy can just plot over there. Like, you know, Dotson played right guard all in college. Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of us want to see him go back. I think it makes sense to put him back there, but he's probably spent all his time learning left, left guard and how his foot, footwork needs to be in his positioning. <laughs> he might not want to be there anymore. Right. He might, he might want to go. I just want to do left guard. So who knows? Right. It's just, what? but then you have it. One thing I find I'll say is then you to answer your question. Then you have a guy like Bud Dupree, who when his free agency tag came up, 
you know, he wanted to be listed as a defensive end because that's what he'd been a 4-3 because they they had more money with that associated with the with the franchise tag there. So it's like... Could you could you imagine if Dotson is playing like right guard and he forgets he's got, he, got, he always goes left and or and he goes like the opposite way? Like he's just like, or he goes, I don't know what he's doing, you know? Or the team goes one way and he's like... He's yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot. Um, now it's going to be, it's going to be so intriguing to watch this new line, really. Because we, we've always had, from the last five years or so, even with Big Ben, some of the Maltese Pouncey and the Castro and those dudes and uh, being a big out, we never really talked about it. I think if, if we had a show, we wouldn't talk about that much because we knew those guys were going to be starter. Now it's like the new guys coming in. It's going to be very, very interesting, I think. So we've got a really good question from Michael O'Malley, just while we take a pause there. What effect will Flores have on the D this year? I think we have some ish we haven't seen from Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know. I, I think I know what you mean, what you mean by that. But we we did talk a lot about that on last week's show. Um, you know, because we did this same odd man out for the defense and we did talk about Flores and we talked about Flores the week before. But I think Mark and I both agree that, you know, and obviously Mark jump in, but like, you know, Flores is definitely putting a stamp on this D in different positions, but he's doing it in a respectful way um, with Terrell Austin. And we can only be of benefit. I know the guys on the preview spent a lot of time talking about this mm-hmm. yesterday as well. Um, but I also, anyone that thinks Flores is here to take over from Tomlin, uh-uh, especially if you've listened to that pivot podcast. He's a, he's a head, he's a head coach that is playing, that is a linebackers coach. He's going to help us out tremendously and just more leadership as well for these young men to get out there and go play. Um, you can already see in some of his interviews and when he was, um, you know, working with the fellas that he's ready to play. He's ready to be, he's focused on being a Pittsburgh Steelers linebackers coach, I think. Yep. And that will set him up to, yes, he's dealing with the legal stuff with the NFL and I'll, I'm not talking about that, but he, you know, he can go sort that out, go sort it out. All right. But he's getting himself back to, okay, I can be a head coach. I don't know why I was fired. And yeah. and give me a year or two with Steelers, and I'll show you why I'm a head coach, because his linebacking call will be, will be uh, you know, one of the best. And look at the look at the players he has. You know, he's got so many good players. So I'm and I know Mike Tomlin's excited, and Mike Tomlin reached out and said, he did Tomlin didn't reach out and say, Oh, I want Correct. you to play for us first. He reached out as, as a as a as a friend, as a you know, as a man and said, Hey, are you okay? And then three or four weeks later, things started to happen. So yeah. I'm excited to see him get another chance because he was a tremendous head coach. Uh, or, you know, going to be with the Dolphins and could have, could have turned them around. And that game against the, the, the Ravens was one of the best games I saw last year. I always say, go watch it. It was one of the best games. They zero blitzed him like 75% time. Lamar Jackson had no idea where to go. No idea where to go. The safety was down there. Javon Holland was down there and making tackles. Like, it was so much fun. So if he can bring that little bit of leadership to the Steelers, and it's already nice defense we have, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, All right. Well, let's move to the next position. And we appreciate that this position uh, riles fans up. We also appreciate that this position is not going to be sorted out, no matter how many podcasts talk about it, for several weeks to come. And we also appreciate that we've probably got a five-minute eight to eight minute time limit on the show to talk about this position <laughs> the live chat be ready let's be nice to each other it's the quarterback position chris oh. oladukun mason rudolph kenny pickett and mitch trubisky 
Mark. Well, you want to talk about the fullback? I thought you were talking about the fullback was the most no, we'll vital talk about them as at the tight end <laughs> position. Uh, but that equally and can you know be what? divisive. That equally can be divisive amongst. So we're, we're doing we're doing odd men out, right? Back to the narrative of the show. Correct. Odd men out has to be has to be Crystal Ladukin, I think. In, in ah, Bible, okay. So you're taking yeah, well, the like, no, super got, mature approach. I like. That. Well, that's that's what I think the Steelers would do, right? Yeah. As an organization, right now, we know what the Steelers normally do. They they will probably uh, start Trubisky. They will, they will put Pickett on the, the bench or, you know, not make him wear a helmet and then have Mason Rudolph as backup. That's what they probably do. Fans, however, odd men out, want Mason Rudolph gone and uh, keep Oladukin, which I think which I think as well. But we'll see because we don't know, right? I don't know what you think, but I, like odd men out for me, for a, for a stealer, is Chris Oladukin because he'll probably be not cut or practice squad. Yeah, this is the... <clears throat> I feel like there's a game of chicken going on right now, right? With the league and Mason Rudolph. Like, it's just, there are, you look at other rosters and other quarterback rooms and Mason Rudolph would easily be the second player or like potentially even a, a starter. If you look at, if you do look at some rooms, um, I don't think we play the type of offense that he's going to, has ever really going to have worked for Mason Rudolph. Um, you know, I think if Canada would come in a bit earlier, potentially that's the that, that that's a different thing. Um, but when you when you look at when you look at what Mason Rudolph has done, that that experience there, it's you're hard pressed from a training, you know, camp perspective. I think after that, someone will look to bring him, someone will look to bring him in through the preseason. However, they might also say they want to bring him in for for, for the training camp side of things. So I mean, these are some of the things, these are like some things to think about. But if, as the roster is right now, if we start the season and we have, you know, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett's really the number two, even if he's listed as number three, and then you've got Mason Rudolph, that is actually a good thing, Steelers fans. That is a good thing. Like, Mason Rudolph has that starting experience. I mean, if Trubisky goes down in week two and they feel Kenny's like a week or two off being ready, don't start Kenny Pickett. Start exactly. Mason Rudolph, right? Like we got to be mature. Like I know, we're pro- like you draft a quarterback in the first round, you draft him in the top twenty players. He's, he's going to be starting at some point, right? Like the, the reality says that you know we're in a society now that's run by instant gratification. I mean, that's just the way it works. But having a guy like Mason Rudolph, because what if let, let all right, let's play devil's advocate. I know people go, oh no, you give it's the yips. But what if Trubisky tore his ACL in week one, like Zach Banner did a few years back, or Ben Roethlisberger when he did his elbow halfway through the Seahawks game? Who You want Chris Oladukin backing up Kenny Pickett? Because the stats say that a rookie quarterback is going to miss a game or two with something that goes on, right? Or what if Kenny Pickett has, has a really bad game and they're like, want to pull you out, give you another week, particularly if it's like a week before the bye? You know, there's a lot of scenarios where actually having Mason Rudolph as the third quarterback is a good thing. You know, Michael Malice is having two head coaches in advantage. Correct. But like, there, it does make sense. However, my caveat is if someone wants Mason Rudolph and you can flip that for a fifth pick, a, a better than a seventh, I don't think it's worth trading the seventh, but if you can get a sixth or a fifth for him, do it. Because I also don't want to see Oladokun on the practice squad and someone else takes him. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I want to see him. Like I, I think, I think realistically, realistically what's going to happen is Trubisky will start 
Rudolph will probably be back up, and Kenny Pickett will be third, and then and then and then Chris Oladukan will be on the practice squad. Yeah, and depending if he stays there or not. However, I think a lot of fans we're playing this game where, you know, I think I, I don't think you have, you can't start. I don't think you can start Kenny Pickett right now. I, I just think the way that and the Steelers are smart, right? So say for instance, your your scenario also, happens. Oh, sorry, I'll just say one thing. Why would you? All this is sitting here, and we're about to talk about the wide receiver position with Pickens and Austin. You want Austin's and Pickens getting the feel from the game, probably from Chabitsky, less so from Pickett. That's all I'm good. That's that's all I'm gonna say to start off. But yeah, sorry. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you if you with your example, say Trubisky or if he starts and then doesn't start, you know, uh three weeks later, then you are right. The 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 depth you have then is what Kenny Pickett will do. No, you're probably better off having a, a backup quarterback that is Mason Rudolph that has been playing the league. He's got career starts under his belt. Yes, he yes, he hasn't had the best numbers or he hasn't had uh, the most scored points. However, as the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're probably thinking, well, he's our backup quarterback. He's a he's a he's a guy who can go out there and start and, and uh maybe get a win or two. So they but look, they could shock everyone. The Pittsburgh Steelers could shock everyone and say Kenny Pickett had the best camp <laughs> and just go and start Kenny Pickett. And you know what? <laughs> Steelers fans as well, even if you don't like the situation <clears throat> that we've got right now. It could be worse. We could be the Browns. Oh, it could be very traded all the first round picks and two hundred thirty million dollars. Yeah, and then they're starting Jacoby Brissett. They can't even play him. Like that's crazy. That is like the ultimate. Maybe round maybe we should trade team. if they love Pickett, right? Let's say Pickett balls out in training camp. Trade Chabitsky to the Browns. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't want to do that. He's just had a little kid. <laughs> You know, and poor wife, she'll in marriage, she'll leave him. Um, they trade him to the Browns for Nick Chubb and, like, you know, oh, Denzel imagine Ward. Imagine, <laughs> imagine getting if Denzel running. Ward, we can't afford. I'm being silly, but like, can you imagine getting, getting a running back set of Najee Harris and Nick Chubb and taking away two more first round picks? The Browns, the Browns don't pick number one overall to 2028. Well, <laughs> well, knowing their history, that's probably a better scenario than picking later <laughs> where they pick first rounders that just cost them money. Oh, that is so funny because yeah, like we are in a pretty good situation with um, you know, the quarterback. We've got three. With... We've got three yeah, yeah, exactly. starters, like rookie, the... rookie, up and coming rookie who can hopefully go out there and ball. Uh, Trubisky who can play, and Mason Rudolph who can also play as well, depending how depending what they want to do. And then the Browns on the other side have uh, Joshua Dobbs. You know, thank you, mate, but uh, you know you're okay. And they have what? Who's it? Brissett, and that's it. That's all they but, have. But also, the other thing is, back when Mason go, let's rewind like to week six or seven, 2019, when Ben was out and it was Dark Hodges and Mason Rudolph. If you said, like, moving, if you said to a Steelers fan, then you know, in a couple of years' time, when Ben's retired, we're gonna we're gonna get land the best, the top quarterback in free agency, Mitch Trubisky, who in 2019, I'm pretty sure that was one of the years he took. Chicago to the playoffs. So you told that to a Steelers fan, they'd be like, what the heck? And then then you said, and we're also going to draft the best quarterback in the draft at the 20th pick of the draft. People would have told, told you you were an absolute, you know, imbecile and you needed to go to like the madman home. Like the men in the white coats mm-hmm. would be coming out. Like, we've got to be grateful. Well, Michael O'Malley here says it best here on uh, YouTube land. He says, whoever wins quarterback one, wins quarterback one. And I, I'm in that camp as well. Like, I really don't care, but I just want to see uh, I just want to see the camp battle. I actually, I'm pretty excited too. Are you excited to see Kenny Pickett and Trubisky throw a football, like for the Steelers? Yeah, right? I am actually. Like, really like am. we haven't seen that. It's the new era uh, after Big Ben, so I'm excited to see those fellas go out there and, and play a preseason game. 
like let's be real it's gonna be super fun to see him play play the preseason game yeah 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 yeah. all right well let's move on to running back because we've still got wide receiver and tight end and fullback to cover off um running back is the running back room is mateo durant trey edmonds Najee harris anthony mcfarland benny snell jalen warren um I mean, instead of saying you're the old man out, who are your four starters right now? Okay, okay. So Najee Harris, number one. Uh, I'm going to put in there and uh, Anthony McFarlane. I'm going to put in there. Not not two, but he start like you know he's he's in the yep. depth chart. Uh, are we including what or not? No, no, no. no. Okay. Um, I know this is crazy, but I still like my guy Trey Edmonds. So I think I think he always sticks around. Uh, no, slow as a wet week. <laughs> it's not that bad, dude. He, he's always there though, so he might be. Uh, and actually, he, no, he's always on. He's always, no, I scratched that. He's always on the practice squad, off and on, isn't he? He plays some weeks, some weeks he doesn't. So, I know, there's, a, there's a lot going on in there. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's just say there's some discussion about uh, Robert Kraft oh. and some of his. Well, not discussion. There's um, it's like it's like four comments in a row. I can't even escape it. Like. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Neither could. No, I'm not going to finish that joke. I could not. I'm not going to finish that joke. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we have, look, I'm going to leave Benny Snell to last. That, that's the one that really trips me out the most. But Najee Harris, McFarland, maybe maybe one of the undrafted guys. Uh, you know, I think we have, I think I'll, if I'm having four running backs, I'm, I'm using, I'm using what as the, as the fourth. Okay. <laughs> oh. Seattle has nine losses. Okay, what do you say? Like, what is the fourth quarter running? Yeah, back? I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna have f- four running backs. I'm gonna have like what will be the fourth fullback running back. Uh, right, so we'll, we'll get like to what. Team. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like. I want to see what this Mateo Durant guy can do. But I, as we've, I think we've all hyped him up, and you can just see him preseason like <laughs> running into a guy fumbling the ball. Bow, you're out. <laughs> like. It happens still but, in pre But they've got to they got to address they do have to address even if it's next year's draft. They've got to bring in a running back to back up Najee. They just gotta like you know something, yeah. Well something's happened because is, is this the time that is time for McFarlane and, and Snell? And we've been saying that for two years. We've been saying it for a long time. It's like, okay, when are you gonna actually run past the the second yard, you know, two yards? The other thing uh, I would say about Dionis Johnson is don't be surprised to see him actually get cut because like if you look at the Browns they drafted Jerome Ford and Jerome Ford had probably had a bigger um you know he probably had a bigger projection coming out of college and then Kareem Hunt still hasn't signed anywhere he could find his way back to to Cleveland potentially so well the thing is is our second running back behind Najee is that even is he even on the roster is he going to that's, come but in? That's, my, that's basically my point. Yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah. could be anyone coming in, right? So um, the, the old man out is everyone besides Najee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Najee, you're fine, mate. You're one of the – like, you go back and watch his highlights, and he got bigger this year. But Najee is also a bit of an odd guy. Like, you have a Christmas tree. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. But, like, he is, he's just – I remember nah, the he's run. a legend. He's an absolute Dude, legend. He's carrying four people on his back. He wants to win. He wants to be a stealer. And that's what I love about Najee. And he's just so humble. He wants to like not only not only mind he's getting paid all the money, but when he's on the field, he's like, okay, I've got to get the ball to there. I'll go do that for you. I'm thinking about yeah. nothing else. And the other guys are, well, odd men out because McFarlane saw one snap last year and the undrafted guys. I would love to see one of those guys, you know, make the team. That's it. 
That's it. All right, we'll move on to tight end and fullback because like defensive line last week, there are a billion wide receivers on this roster. Or linebackers. Linebackers were a lot last week too. So you got Patty Freemuth, my my man, uh, Zach Gentry, Kevin Rader, Jay Sternberger, Connor Haywood, and of course, Derek Watt. So you're going to have some brothers there of other Steelers players. For me, like... Gentry and Freemuth are definitely two of the three spots at tight end. And then yep. I think it's Connor Haywood. Although I really like Jay Sternberger. I think given a chance, he can do stuff. To me, he's higher on the depth chart than Kevin Rader. Um, but I also think it depends if if Gentry was to get injured, for example, then, you know, Raider's probably more going to replace Gentry with Jay Sternberger a bit more like a, you know, Pat Freemuth type. So it's kind of a bit dependent there, but I can't see Connor Haywood missing this roster. And as much as I would like Derek Watt to potentially miss the roster, I don't see that happening given the special team situation. Exactly. And speaking of special teams, uh, Kevin Radar was pretty good on uh, on teams when he has played for the, for the Steelers. He's a, he's a big unit, can block and stuff like that. But going out being a pass catcher, I see as well. I see Muth, I see Gentry. I see why else would you go out and sign Connor Haywood if you don't want to use him? So you would use him sparingly to be that number third tight end slash fullback, put him on the roster. And I see it also as well being what being there too. And the guys that are outside looking in are Jason Sternberger. Although I think I've seen little bits of footage of him. He looks like a pretty you know talented uh, tight end. He was doing pretty uh, well for Green Bay. And then basically... He got injured and they brought him back and then there was an off the field situation and then he got injured again and then they kind of like cut him. But I mean, he'd been doing pretty well. Like he was a breakout player, like big breakout player. Yeah, but it's almost like now because I think, you know, we were talking about Gentry two years ago of not even catching the football and now he's becoming in a lot of still as mine. Do you remember the one after one of the shows about six months ago? It might have been in January. You and I were having yeah, cool. a massive laugh about Gentry and like one, the one, one pass. All year. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, and then well, no, it was before year, last season. It was right before yeah, yeah, last yeah. season. Last yeah, year yeah, he, yeah. Had, he, he had about, I think he had more than one catch. and about maybe, maybe 10 or so, but he had, had a big play. Uh, in one of the games, it went for about 15 yards because no one knew that no one marked him up. Well, he had to be playing that Ravens game where he had like a 40-yard pass or something from Ben. Right? Yeah, that might have been. I'm not sure. But yeah, he's he's slowly coming to... And even now, the, even the Steelers media are kind of showing us like he, he'll be part of the team as well because they're playing, they're showing Muth and Gentry together. You know, the, the two well, brothers Well, I didn't realize as well, like Gentry was a quarterback drafted by Michigan. Like the guy can understand the game, you know? Um, and then he started transitioning. It can be sne- it can be a very sneaky one in this offense too, because like I think the defenses won't really think about him. They'll they'll be he'll be like the last resort to get the football, but he could become you know if Mitchell Trubisky starts using the tight ends over the middle, they might go to Muth, they might go to to Gentry, and he's just so tall. Like once he can get things down, what third year? Well, look at the uh, height. Well, years. we're going to get to white wide receiver. Look at the height they've got now from the receiving perspective. You've got Patty Freeman at six mm-hmm. five, you know Gentry six seven, Claypool six four. Pickens is six three, six two, six three. Um, I mean, I've got him in front of me. Hang on. Um, yeah, he's six three. He does classify as six three. So, like, you've got some big bodies there. Like, yeah, that's why it's going to be very hard for Sternberg or Radar to make the roster, and they might be practice squad. Well, Miles Boykin as well. well. We'll get to him, wide receiver. Yeah, so I think yeah, I think Connor Haywood will be in there somewhere. It'll be those four: Connor Haywood, what? And the two tight ends, but they could shock us. I don't know if they're going to put Haywood on the practice squad, and if no one else picks him up, and then they they, they bring in. If they put him on that practice squad, they know he's gone. 
Well, now I, I don't think they're pick. I'm not. I don't think they're just going to pick him on the roster because he's Cam. Like I never, never thought that. Right. About being Cam Hayward's brother, if he gets a spot, he'll have earned it. But it will factor in to their mind. I think that that losing him also depends on what they're going to, how they're going to use the tight ends on the field as well. You know, if they're going to be more well, and that's or... what I, that's where I think that he would make sense because I think he's going to play that H back role in the Matt Canada offense. Yeah, that'd be cool. But he, I don't he, think, he, he I don't think Derek Hayward's too, right? on this roster next year. He can uh, who? Sorry, Derek Watt. Sorry, I said Derek oh. Hayward. I don't think Derek Watt is on the roster next year. That's fair enough. But he can run the football too, right, Connor Hayward? Correct. Uh, that's why I don't like, think. That's why. I don't, that's why I also think Trey Edmonds is. And he's a bit. What I, what I did see from his highlights, he's a bit of a just like he is Benny still football, right? He runs down and just smacks him in the face. So he might even take take Benny's role there, which could also nah, free up Benny's another spot. safe because of special teams. Benny's safe. <laughs> But um, but the fair thing about Benny though uh, is that we saw what happened when he had an offensive line going forward in that Ravens game in 2019, right at the end of the season. So in that dark, dingy game where it was just raining and it was bleh. Mm. so like I think from that perspective, you know, behind a decent O line, he might have a few holes to open up. You know, he could prove well, his worth. This is the time to talk about it in the off season because we haven't seen it yet. But this is like um. You know, I think like Brian uh, Brian Browns is here. Matt Cunner supposedly has his genius offensive plan that we haven't seen yet. And it's true because Big Ben, we, we couldn't see it last year because Big Ben was out there, you know, drawing of his own place. And this is this is a perfect opportunity for Matt Cunner this year to say, here's my offense and here, let's go score points. And well, I can't wait. Brian, I really can't wait. Yeah. And look, Brian, you're a regular of this show. You know, for almost 12 months, I keep saying, everyone keeps talking about, I've literally said this for 12 months. Everyone keeps talking about the Matt Cunner offense. What is the Matt Cunner is the Matt Cunner offense good? <laughs> Who fits into it? Does he still use H backs? Does he use wide receivers differently? Does the running back go on the center, or do they throw a like, quarterback on the center, or do they throw a shotgun? Like the Matt Canada offense is, we haven't even see it. You know, it's will like he, will he, will he f- fired out of Pittsburgh, and he'll go. I never got to implement my offense properly. Like it's like what it's like one of your mates. If I was saying to someone, "Oh, me and my girlfriend," I'm like, "Mark, we've never seen your girlfriend. Oh, she's around. <laughs> she's around. I swear, I hang out with her all the time." What's her name? Amy. Or wasn't it Michelle last week? Uh, M- Amy. You know, she's cool. Yeah, that's we, we have built this thing up, and that's what we do as fans, like the Matt Cannon offense. It's just the offense that he's coaching, right? And it's I, like I'm you meet kid- those people that are like, you know, you know, you, you meet people and, you know, whatever you do after school, and they're like, oh, yeah, at school I did this and I did that. And you look at them and you're like, I don't know. Oh, just, just lying through their teeth. Yeah, it's like, I don't know about that. Like, everyone I talk to always played, like, Australian schoolboys rugby. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, how many how many all pros from the same school can go, go there? Like, you didn't go there. <laughs> 100%. How many people made regional? I'm like, everyone I talk to in the, at the pub says they made regional. Like, or it's like making state in, in the US. Like, no, I don't think so. Um, all right, well, let's move to wide receiver. Um, Calvin Austin, the third. Miles Boykin, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Anthony Miller, Gunnar Oshesky, uh, George Pickens, Steve Sims, Tyler Sneed, Tyler Vaughns, Cody White. Can, can I name how many receivers you think you're going to have? I'm going to have, I think, six if I were choosing. I don't have six. Gonna, oh, yeah, six. Can I name my six? Can yeah, I say, go. yeah, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pickens, uh, Gunnar Oshesky, Calvin Austin, and the last one, I don't know. I'm trying to think between Anthony Miller and Boykins. So I'm going to go with Miller because he's got the connection with uh, Trubisky, but that's my six. 
All right. If I was the GM, if I was the GM, I pretty much agree with you. But Anthony Miller's making this squad no matter what. I think Steve sincere Stephen Sims makes a practice squad just with what he brings to the table. But um, Anthony Miller is making this squad due to the familiarity with Trubisky, and I think he can actually give him the chance. He's a really good fourth string He's wide good receiver. But for me and the Matt Kenner offense, which I've just swagged off for like two minutes, um, <laughs> I I know Gunnar Oshesky can return, you know, is a good return man. To me, he goes onto a practice squad, and I'm and I'm keeping Miles Boykin there. But wow. I'm assuming I'm assuming that Boykin's going to do well in the preseason. If he doesn't, then Gunner makes it. So I think there's only really one wide receiver position to play. And who's your kick return guy? Is that going to be Austin? Yeah, I would probably do Austin. I know has, Haywood has, can return kicks. Done, I know been, Miller. I think I think Miller's even returned some kicks. Um, has Austin done in the past though? Yeah, even though he's really fast, but he he played that position. Yeah, in the he past. returned some kicks at um thing right. So, so they could they could cut. I did just score in, the, in Madden with Calvin Austin. I did just score three return touchdowns in the Super Bowl yeah, AFC Championship and first week of the playoffs. He's lightning fast, so I, I can see that too. So they're gonna, you know, they pay the man, but then cut him because he doesn't work out for the squad. Don't Benny yeah. Sell, Benny Snell can receive as well. I think Re- return touchdowns, not return touchdowns, but I think he can, he oh. can catch. I think he's not by receive. I mean, you know. Yeah, we'll just stand him, uh, you know, five yards beyond the line of scrimmage and get those. Well, five they all yards kick it out for a touchback anyway. Like, who cares? Just sort of <laughs> bounce into the end zone, twenty yard, go again. Like, oh, it's funny. Um, yeah, well, Najee I- Harris. Imagine Najee Harris. Give him the ball like that. Oh, man, <laughs> it if he just ran straight as hard as he could. He'd That's what I'm saying. Just over. run, just run straight, as we like mm. to say. In like, yeah, why do they? Why do they put running backs back there? They, they also they put switch. Well, I think there. often you got to think about it too with a running back. Like that, you know, there was that trend for like twenty years where most teams like ran the first play of the game was a running play. You're not going to have right. your starting running back catch right. the ball and then have to line up and stay go the, again straight away. Stay, stay on the field, mate. Stay on the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, but in right. these days where everyone's kind of protected. Like, yeah, yeah, well, they're taking you have right, they're taking away the kickoff return because we had the return specialist, you know, AB for a long time was, you know, probably our last good one. Um, and other than that, kickoff returns, we don't get you don't see much, do you? Maybe what, can, what can two times out of 10? I'm just gonna look that up. Who's that? Sorry, Boykin. Uh, I'm not sure. I know, I, I think he plays Gunner, I think he's also a Gunner. I know he's done side. Gunner, but I thought, yeah. Which, yeah, I guess we... Are we going to go talk special teams or no? Nah, this is just the offense today. Well, yeah, like I looked at punter last week because I associate that as a defensive position and kicker the other way around, but... Well, we've got know. a few minutes. How do you think... How do you think... Uh, well, what, what do you think? Right, he's, no, one more, one more, one more. Does Cody White make the practice squad because his dad's in there? <laughs> he's got to make state. something, <laughs> you know. Uh, he's got to make something, I think. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind of think it's that there's... The four wide receivers, I know we're jumping around a lot, but four wide receivers are Deontay, Clay, uh, Chase, Pickens, and Austin. And then who might be the other two, as you and I try and debate now, we don't know, right? And could it also be someone else coming in? But I kind of like Miles Boykin too. He's a kind of a fun fun receiver as well. You need someone with a, with a bit of grit because we know Pickens is going to have a bit of a grit too. But um, I don't know. I don't want to see Oshesky out there if he, can't, if he can't move the football, you know? You don't, you don't want to waste a spot. Like, you, you know when they wasted that spot with Switzer? You don't want to waste it, do you? Yeah, I'm electronic football, man. 
<laughs> you look back at that and you're like, like I, I always have hope for anyone. And then you look back and go, yeah. I did it. I was never on that train. I don't have to look back. I don't, I, I don't have to look back. I wasn't on that train. You know, I was Wait, like but, on the big Ben. By default, I have to. Like, I'm like, I'll give him a chance. And you're just like, yeesh, boy, 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 boy. Like, he was bad, wasn't he? Didn't move anywhere. Like, he caught the ball. Went... Do you know what it was like? It's like, if you ever get out, like, if you ever, you know, when you, you had like a remote control car or whatever, and you get it out after you haven't played with it for a little while, and it just, it's a gear slow. <laughs> it's just like, it's not even working. The wheel, one wheel's not spinning. It's just not. And he was there. Switzer was there because of Ben, right? Because Ben wanted him at the fifth receiver. And they, they, I don't know who they got. Oh, they got rid of Deontay Johnson, right? Did they not? <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that's the other thing. Well, that's the other thing in this. We talked about Deontay Johnson then, right? Uh, Deontay Johnson, oh, can catch. Not, not, not Deontay Johnson. Uh, Deontay, no, Spencer. but Deontay Johnson can receive, like, right. uh, not receive. Of course, he can receive. Why well, I keep saying that? Receive the kickoff is what I want to say. Hmm. But they they, right. they got rid of this. Is it Spencer the Bronco? Didn't, wasn't he the one cut? Do you, Do you was it Deontay Spencer? I think it was him cut rather than Switzer. But yeah, that's what's that's, it's always funny. Like, I know we near the end of the show, but it's always funny that. No matter what we think, there's always like one or two things that we go, really? Are you serious? You're going to cut that guy? He's good. We're going to keep him? So, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm, that's what, what are we waiting? 27 days away from or 20 days or something or 25 days away from training camp? That's it. That's it. Anything else for the listeners this week, Mike D, before we wrap it up? Uh, I think you guys have the 4th of July coming up. So, you know, have fun. Oh, yeah. 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 In the next few days. So, yeah, have fun. Stay safe. Uh, represent your st- the black and gold Steelers wherever you go. Um, you know, just in, in and if you're having conversations, just shout out BTSC or you know what po- what podcast you listen to and, and sh- shout out out if you want to. Uh, you don't have to, but <laughs> you know, just talk just talk about Steelers. Like that's a, the funnest time I ever had over in America was just meeting someone and talking football when I'm wearing or representing the black and gold because we're getting hyped up now into the season uh, with training camp and then preseason football, and I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. Really. It's, it's yeah. been a long off season. Yeah, and I want to back that up, Mark. And you're a good point on bringing July 4th up. You know, America, all, all, all we'll say is that, like, you know, I know it can be a bit divisive over there and, you know, everyone's got something negative to say and, you know, it's the same in our country about our country. But I can tell you, Mark and I have been to America probably up 20 times between us almost, probably roughly, right? You know, have a good love for your country have always been well treated in your country. Um, and, you know, as a country that's considered, you know, very good allies with America and Australia, you know, we, you know, we, we like a lot about it. No country is perfect. Um, but no matter what, you should always be proud of where you come from. Um, you know, things aren't always going to be perfect, but, uh, you know, both any American and any Australian are pretty lucky to live in the countries that they live in. So I had the pleasure of doing July 4th over there in Texas uh, one year had these cool had these like frozen cocktails that had like blue white and red in them it was mad like they all sat there and they were, they were awesome but um yeah you know we just celebrate what you've got because you know we're all pretty lucky oh awesome it's world. it's awesome that me and, me and my dad went over there and before before the pandemic we did a, a usa you know history tour kind of thing from from New York to Washington, Philadelphia to Gettysburg. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Philadelphia oh, is cool so. when you look at like Liberty Bell. Philadelphia, there's like. there so much history there. And um, that's where like you guys pretty much started with all your stuff. And then they moved everything to Washington. But um, yeah, it's 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 so fun over there. And they treat us, the Australians, with, um, you know, we have a bit of a banter, a bit of fun. So like we love it over there. Like I love just hanging out with the Americans and just, 
you know, teasing them or having a bit of fun back and forth. It's great. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up this week's Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell with Mark D as always. Happy July 4th. Go Steelers.